Welcome everyone to the Dream Builders podcast. I am super excited for this conversation. This is my first conversation after the short summer break that I had and sitting down with Muriela Marie is going to be absolutely inspiring because she is a career business and leadership coach for creatives and entrepreneurs and she inspires them to get unstuck, find clarity and focus and make smart decisions about their time and money so that they can achieve their wildest dreams. And in this episode, we'll talk exactly about that. And the reason why I'm so excited about it is because of my own journey. You know, I was once stuck in a corporate job and transitioning to something that is much more meaningful, enriching and getting much more energy back in my life right now is exactly what I want to display as well. And then inviting Muriel for that to get her expert advice. And that is going to be super, super inspiring. So Muriel, thank you so much for coming on the Dream Builders podcast. Uh, thank you, Jochen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about the conversation, <laughs> the topic. So I'm ready. <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's, let's do it. So I, I want to start, first of all, with, with, with the beginning, because, you know, we all perhaps have these kind of voices inside of our head about something that we might want to do in the future, like a dream, uh, a project, perhaps a volunteering job that you've been always been dreaming about. But Sometimes you don't even notice that we're perhaps stuck in something that we're doing. So I'd love to know, like, what does it actually mean to get, to get unstuck for you as one? Well? Please tell us a little bit about your journey too. Mm. Oh, that's a beautiful question to get started. <laughs> Straight to the heart of the matter. So um, for me, getting unstuck, and I'll, I'll get to my story in just a second, I think is... Um, literally very much what it sounds like, like you're stuck, you, you're not moving forward, you're contemplating a lot of different things that you could do, right? Like the dreams you were talking about, or these little itches and these things that, that sting you a little bit. Sometimes they go away and you're fine for a while, but then the thought comes back, the dream comes back. So, so they're really, you know, um, asking you to listen to them, but one way or another, you're just stuck in in this particular place and you you're not really sure how to move forward so getting unstuck is figuring out and this is very simple although it's very hard to do what is your next step it's not figuring out your entire life it's not figuring out you know where you'll be in 20 years it's not figuring out how to build or climb the mountain which is so gigantic always when we think about them in our minds it's just like oh okay well, I, I could actually just take this step and, and try something else or move in a particular direction. Um, and, and the way I got to that is because I was um, in that position myself for a very long time. I would say for the beginning of my career up until 10 years ago, I was someone who was doing things. You know, I was building a web agency and I was very actively climbing the ladder and doing everything that I thought I was supposed to do, but there were always these little voices and these ideas and these dreams of stuff I wanted to do for myself, a way of living that I wanted, a type of person that I wanted in my life, experiences that I wanted, like all of these different things that really make up a life. And I was always pushing them away. And instead of listening to them, I was staying in the same spot. And I was thinking that I was moving forward, but it really felt as if I was just and um, knowing your story a little bit, Jochem, I know this 
probably sounds very true for you as well to a certain extent because a lot of people come to me when they've been in that corporate environment for a long time and they're like i'm stuck in corporate literally that's what they say so so that's also what it's about it's about being in this sort of one tunneled vision sort of life expectancy of what things should look like and and what they have to be and how you have to fit in there and it's really important to sort of consider the possibility that you could be a totally different human being in a totally different state to to actually start to move a little bit forward 100 <laughs> percent so what I liked about what you said is that, you know, sometimes when we're, when we're looking out at our life and we're, you know, looking at what we want, it's not about looking forward, you know, 20 years or so. It's looking like, what is my next step going to be? Mm-hmm. I think that is a very, you know, practical thing to do as well, because then it becomes very real about what, you, what you're doing. Um, how was that, you know, for yourself to, to make that next step? Like, was mm-hmm. that an easy step? Was that hard? Were there any kind of limiting beliefs? Like, <laughs> tell, tell us about that, you know? Well, it's, it's, it's a step that's been now in the making for 10 years. Well, I took a few, right, in those 10 years, not just one. But I still feel that I'm working on that initial impulse to really do something and actually follow my own path. So um, it certainly wasn't easy in the sense that my parents passed away in 2010, which is now 11 years ago, and almost to the date, because it was the 31st of August for my father and the 23rd of July for my mom. So it was only five weeks between them when they passed. And um, what happened after that was that I sort of landed in what we call the dark night of the soul. Everybody can have it, you know, and it doesn't need to be when somebody dies or it doesn't need to be like an extreme event. But there is a moment in people's lives where when you've been stuck for a long time, you start to see that you're stuck, right? Because I think that's step number one. Even before you can take a step, you have to realize that you can't, if that makes sense. Um, And so for me, it happened when my parents passed away. So I went through this very dark period that lasted about a year, a year and a half. I was building my web agency at the time. I managed to keep it going, but that was pretty much the only thing that I did. But when I came out of that very like dark and, and, and weird place that I'd never experienced, I realized that I'd actually built my entire life and the stuff that I was doing on other people's expectations. And so because my parents weren't there anymore, there wasn't this pressure anymore to conform and prove that I was worthy and, you know, fight for their love by being such a good, you know, business person and all of that. And so because that pressure was gone, all of a sudden there was this void in which I, and I don't want to say was able to start, you know, thinking about this, but in fact, in which I was forced to do it. Because it just, at a certain moment, you can't really deny the feeling that you've been feeling for a long time. And especially when that pressure from, you know, wanting to conform disappeared, all of a sudden, the only question that remained was, what do I want to do with my life? And so that was really the first sort of step for me 
Well, that's that's interesting because that's kind of how it played out for me as well. Um, when I when I got stuck, so I worked almost a decade in corporate, right? And I think mm -hmm. seven years were, were great and interesting and energizing. However, for the last two years, I really started asking myself exactly that kind of question, like, what do I actually want with my life, right? Um, and then when you really think about it and start thinking about what you want, my, my, my values were much different from what I really wanted to do. Like my values were about adventure, having freedom, uh, personal growth and professional growth as well in, 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 all, in other terms. And I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> that's exactly not what, is, what I'm doing right now. Um, so I still had, like you said that your, your pressure was gone, but I still had a kind of a pressure to then make, you know, to make the step. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, how it played out, like I, I had that feeling of, you know, the golden cage. We talked about a little bit about it before we started this interview. Um, but I think when, when you're working in corporate, there are so much benefits um, th that you're having in your life. And when you then start deciding to do something else, like you're jumping into entrepreneurship, you're jumping into the unknown, like it is very, very scary. So um, how can we make that path more? I I'm not going to say it's going to be more easy, right? It it it's, a, it's a hard mm -hmm. jump, let's say. But how can we make it more comfortable for ourselves? Mm, yeah. So So the golden cage is really an interesting place to be right you think you're free you think you're really doing good because you're like you can tick all of these boxes everybody who looks at you goes like yeah exactly you know i see the boxes too i can tick them for you so you think like i'm doing the right thing because everybody's saying i'm doing the right thing um but as as you mentioned one of the things that probably is the hardest to live with although it's, it's unconscious for a long time is the mismatching values it's the mismatch between what we, as human beings, from when we're born, really aspire to, which can be, you know, as you mentioned, freedom, creativity, you know, fun, play, adventure, all of these things. And then what you have to give up and, and get in place of that when you step into the golden cage. Because when you really look at it from a distance, what is in there? It's financial freedom, if you're lucky. It's status, it's material things, it's like all of these external things that have literally nothing to do with who you are as a human being. So how do you step out of the golden cage without you know, falling flat on your face and hurting yourself very badly? So first you have to mind the step. <laughs> There's always a very big step to every golden cage. <laughs> it's a very tough thing to do because it's, you can't really see it, but it's there, definitely. Um, and then it just is a very difficult process. Um, I think there are a number of key elements. The first one is to admit to yourself who you really are. And I think that's a very complicated one for many people because for a long time, who you were was this personality that is created by the work you have, the status you possess, the money that's in your bank account. So you have to be willing to do the work and really think about, as you did, like, is this really what I want? Now, one of the things that's really hard for people to do, I find, is especially when they're stuck in a cage like that, is to know what they want. So a better question and something that, that can help you to maybe, you know, loosen the grip of the cage a little bit is 
not so much to focus on what you want, but to focus on what you don't want anymore. Because that very often when, because I get a lot of people coming to me feeling stuck and then really not knowing what they want. When we then look at, but do you have any idea of the stuff you really don't want to do anymore? I mean, the list is long. Most people can yeah. really tell you, I don't want this. I don't want that. Like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but so easy, right? That, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, and we, we often dismiss it because we're like, but that's not the point. You know, I know what I don't want. But, I, but actually, what you don't want can point you in the direction of what you do want. If you don't want to be forced to get up in the morning, every morning anymore to go to a job, that's actually a very clear signpost that you have to redirect your career and probably maybe start a side hustle, you know, contemplate entrepreneurship, do some volunteer work, whatever, go and live in another country. I don't know. So, and, and, and then the third point, which is really important when you've done that and you've really thought about what you don't want anymore and you've been honest about who you are is to acknowledge the fear. Because, of course, the golden cage, it's cozy, it's comfortable, we know it, you know, we know everything that's not good about it, but then at the end of the month, we can still, you know, go on nice trips, and we have the money and all of that. So, and, and so once you have your list of the stuff you don't want, and you know what your values are, you're going to have that voice telling you, you don't really, you don't really mean what you just did. Like, don't tell us, you know, that you want adventure and freedom because you've been, you know, in this cage for so long. You want to be in this cage. So you have to have that conversation and you have to be willing to push back on what has been keeping you in the cage in the first place. Yes, yes. So, so important. And, you know, losing all that kind of luxury, right? Mm -hmm. where you're making such a step that it's really really uncomfortable at least that's how that's i felt very uncomfortable with the idea of lo losing that luxury um so getting clear about who you are and and what you especially don't want i think that's that's very interesting um mm -hmm. acknowledging the fear so i think that's a very big one it's easy to perhaps to acknowledge it because i knew i was fearful of making such a step um but how can you kind of play with it and really start making, building the steps? Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, exactly the way you're saying it, building the steps. Mm -hmm. So what's really interesting about fear is that you want to increase your um, level of tolerance towards it. When you start contemplating something new, your level of tolerance. So the level of tolerance is you're in your comfort zone. You step out of your comfort zone. How much discomfort are you actually able to stand before you want to go back to the comfort zone? So building the level of, of or the, the level of um, what you can actually take in terms of fear and in terms of insecurity and in terms of all of those things is a muscle you can build. And the way you built it is you push yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone you feel very bad and it's not fun and it's like creepy and stressy and anxious, but you know, you can always go back to the comfort zone. So you do that and then you come back and then you integrate because what you realize is I was out of my comfort zone. It didn't feel very good, but I, 
actually nothing bad happens. Like I'm still here and I can still go back. And so the way we do it, especially in coaching, I think, is that we get very practical and we take certain steps. But we don't try to climb, you know, as I mentioned before, mountains in one go. We really take very small, actionable little steps that will teach us that we can actually sustain ourselves within the fear. And by doing that, our um, agency over fear increases, but our level of um, confidence increases as well, and our comfort zone expands. Because what you're really doing is you're looking at something that's outside of your comfort zone. And you're saying, oh, wouldn't it be cool if that thing that I want to do, but that I'm afraid of doing, if that would be in my comfort zone? And so by going out, you know, step by step, and then coming back to base a little bit. So not making drastic decisions. That's what that means. It's like testing things out, experimenting, trying things. You actually get to grab these things out of your comfort zone and put them in the box with you. And I find that I actually do that with everything I do. Like I, I've, and, and in spirituality, I think it's very connected to, and I'm just making like a, a sidestep here, but it's very connected to non-attachment, if you're familiar with it, which is the, um, the idea that it's objects that we attach to that actually cause suffering and fear and pain and all of these other negative emotions. So for instance, what stops people in their tracks when, when, when they're in a cage and they want to start a business, for instance? All of a sudden, they see the grandeur of what that business can be, positive and negative, right? It's going to be something like, oh, but what if this business becomes a multi-billion dollar business? You know, I don't want to move to Silicon Valley. That Literally, that's what people tell me, you know? And we've just contemplated the idea that they could do some copywriting on the side, right? Um, or it goes in the other direction. But what if I give up everything and it doesn't work out? Both are equally um, problematic in the sense that we're attached to an outcome. And so what we have to do, I find, and what helps clients very often is to say, okay, I'm going to try this thing, but it doesn't really matter what happens to it. It doesn't really matter if I succeed or fail. It doesn't really, because that's not the point. The point is I'm teaching fear that I can do more than what I say I can or what it says it can. Um, so I don't know. Is that an answer to your question? Well, I love that. <laughs> that, was, that was very deep and, and I love that. And I also love what you said in the beginning because I, I, I recognize myself in it when you were talking about comfort zone. Um, and so going out of your comfort zone and coming back, like the kind of experimenting what you were talking about um, to make that practical, how, how it played out for me is that when I was stuck in my job, one of the things that I did, um, I didn't dare to make the step immediately to entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. um, so I took a sabbatical mm -hmm. and in the sabbatical, I took three months to just play and see what would happen if, you know, I kind mm -hmm. of, what will happen if I will be an entrepreneur or what will mm -hmm. happen if I'm, um, for me, like I wanted to volunteer abroad for a long time. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I did sports coaching and, and training in Sri Lanka. That's something I really loved. And I came back and I really loved it. Had lots of energy and was like, wow, you know, hmm, this is mm -hmm. something I like to do, you know? So um, 
<clears throat> that that sabbatical really helped me to to understand that comfort zone as well coming back with much more energy uh, and also letting go of that attachment as well and really walking the life mm -hmm. right walking life yeah. is how you love to live it um so yeah I, I, wa I want to ask you one more question um and that's really about you know authenticity Mm -hmm. I think that's also very important for us. So once we have made all the steps about looking about who we are, what we don't want, how we can acknowledge the fear, um, pushing our comfort zones a little bit, like how do we then get really into our authentic selves? And not only that, but like really start living it out and start saying, you know, this is who I am. These are the values that I have. And now I'm really walking my own path without any pressures from outside like let's say from society mm -hmm. and so on what's your, what's your take on that mm, i love that question and and it's a question that i'm actually thinking about a lot because you know i don't believe in willpower i don't believe in people forcing themselves to do things i don't believe all of that works for a while and then it just doesn't work anymore because you know deep down we are authentic human beings with specific desires and we can't even cheat ourselves into thinking we're something else. Well, we can do it for a long time, but then it fails, right? So I think the way we achieve that is by embodying the person that we know we need to be in order to be able to have that life. And I think that that, especially around even habit forming, right? I'm, I'm somebody who really thinks about these things because you, you need good habits, you need discipline, you need, you need all of these things to build anything worthwhile. Um, and again, it doesn't work when you try to do it based on willpower. It actually only works when there is intrinsic motivation. And intrinsic motivation only comes from you understanding something very deep about yourself, that you actually are the person who wants their own business or you are the person who needs adventure and so we really need to feel that in our body in our bones and to be completely taken over by it so that we can become that person so it's it's not really because sometimes I'm, I'm I refer to it as faking it until you make it but that's not what it is it's like it's more stepping into it and from doing that and it can be very scary right if you if your parents always told you you needed to become i don't know a lawyer or a doctor for lack of a more cliche metaphor <laughs> um and and you've done it for 10 years and then you realize i really don't like it i want to work with kids or you know i want to travel the world whatever it's very scary and it's hard but you need to step into that person because that's the person that you are. So it's really about shedding your, the skin that you've been in for a long time and accepting this new skin. And then I think one of the most important things in there is you need to build a very strong and good relationship with yourself. You need to, because the thing that's gonna make you keep going in that direction and that's gonna make you you know, become prouder and prouder of that person and really embody better and better and, and, and go for your, your desires more and more is you knowing you always have your back. So that means you trusting yourself. And that then means you not breaking promises you make to yourself. 
And that then means you becoming your best friend and becoming the person that you know you can always rely on. And it sounds so simple, but when you think about it, the whole time you're in that cage, who is the person you make suffer the most? Who is the person you're not listening to? Who is the person who wants your help and that you're not even hearing? It's yourself. Yeah, that's so powerful. Thank, thank you for sharing that. And I want to zoom in a little bit on this because I think this is very interesting how you can like build a good relationship with yourself. Do you perhaps have um, like a practical exercise for that? So that people really can start having that relationship with themselves because I think this is crucial and very, very important to get more authentic. Well, yeah, yeah. coming back to, to self-trust, I think the, the thing that we do, oh, everyone does that, especially when we're discontent with our lives, is every morning we promise ourselves today's gonna be the day that we're gonna do better and that we're gonna, you know, start thinking about the business, you know, whatever, put the running shoes on, it could be anything. But so often we're the first ones we break promises with. And so one of the things you can do to build a better relationship with yourself is to put yourself all the way up on the no breaking any promises list. And it's not, it's not as easy as it sounds. It's actually pretty hard because um, how many times do we say, oh, you know, I, I really want to go for a walk today. Or I'm, I'm, and you even sometimes put it in your calendar or whatever. But then something happens, a client calls, you know, an email comes in, whatever. What's the first thing to die? That, you know, agreement you had with yourself that you were, were going to take some time for yourself. And if you systematically do that over and over again, which is all these little micro aggressions almost against your own desires, which is something a lot of us do, especially, you know, in the business of life, you end up unconsciously really not trusting yourself. And because of that lack of trust, you do not have the confidence you need to be able to do the things you need to do to get out of, of the cage. Because you know, like, well, you know, she said she was going to do it. She said she was going to get a VAT number or whatever, but she said it 10 times before and she never did it. So why would I trust her now? So, so that's certainly one of the ways. So, so keep track of what you promise to yourself. That's exercise one. And the second one would be make a point of for a day, a week, you know, longer as possible to either not promise things to yourself, you know, you're not going to do. And when you do promise things to actually do them and make them very important, like more important than anything else in the world, because that's the relationship we want to have with ourselves. Yeah. And apart from that, I, I, I want to go back also to the, to the beginning of the conversation. I think you also mm -hmm. said that when, when you're making such a step from the golden cage to something that you love, um, I heard you saying something about a hunch that we have mm -hmm. inside right and for, i think for yeah. you that was very important um so like having a gut feeling is, is perhaps not something many people mm -hmm. talk about but how did you how did you recognize that hunch or how can we make mm -hmm. that kind of things more visible to ourselves because it's mm -hmm. easy to get you know uh, to get away in our brains and then suddenly, how, how do we get a hunch? How do we get that gut feeling more visible to ourselves? Because this, mm -hmm. I, I think, is also very important into getting more in, into what we really want out of our lives. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about two things. First, and I think this is the most important thing, your intuition is always right. Always think about it, you know, even because very often the intuition will speak for the first time today. And maybe in five or 10 years, you will finally leave your job and do what your intuition said 10 years ago, right? But you've been carrying that for so long. That's how it works. And because there is so much um, going on, we tend to not listen to that inner voice. And we're, to be honest, because we're also disconnected from ourselves, we have a very hard time hearing it sometimes, or we dismiss it for something else, or we don't know what it is. So a great exercise, I find, because that's usually the struggle, right? Is it fear or is it intuition? Is it my inner knowing speaking, or am I just, you know, a little scaredy cat? And, you know, should or is this yes. wisdom speaking to me that I should never, you know, try something else than what mm. I'm doing now. So to know the difference, and this is a very, I, I mean, it's, it's a very easy, but it's a very clear exercise. Fear always makes you feel small and closed. Intuition always makes you expand and feel open. So when you're thinking about what you want to do, what you want to do is really, you know, ground yourself a little bit without getting too hoo-woo, right? Because I'm a very practical and grounded person, even though I, I, I do meditate and such. But I like things to be clear, you know? If, I, yeah. if I'm going to mm -hmm. feel my intuition, I want it to be clear. 100%. You need to speak to me. <laughs> so grounding yourself and taking a few breaths and then really wondering about what it is, you know, that's been in your head. And then thinking about, when I think about doing this, how is this making me feel? Am I feeling open and expanded? Or am I feeling like, oh, you know, my stomach is like maybe clenching a little bit and it's feeling closed. It takes a bit of practice, especially if you've been disconnected from your intuition for a long time or, or you haven't listened to it. But in the end, it always works. It always tells us, you know, is this really what I want or is this not what I want? So, so I would say that's certainly one. And then another one that I recently came across is an exercise you can do. And I have it from Mary Forleo's book. If you know Mary Forleo from the B-School, uh, she, yeah. she wrote a book called uh, Figure Outable. She has an exercise in there which spans over seven days where she says, if you really want to know, if, you know your deepest desires and what you really want to do, which is really your intuition, she says, take a piece of paper and start writing what I really want is. And then you just fill the paper and then you stop. And the next morning or whatever, you do the same thing, what I really want is. And you do this for seven days. And when you've done it for seven days, you look at all of the papers together, not before, right? Because you don't want to, you know, make things harder on you. And then you look for common themes in what you wrote. And I actually did it because I, I'm always trying to find new tools that I can give my clients. And I found this, I was interested. I was like, hmm, that sounds interesting, you know, to see what happens after seven days. And it was really eye-opening to see how my intuition was speaking through this exercise so if if you feel that because the bodily sensations can be hard for some people right especially if we're mostly here in our head so if the open close is a difficult one you might want to try the seven day writing it out kind of one 
Love it. This is absolutely great. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> so, uh, Maria, do you have like, I would love to wrap up right now, but before we mm -hmm. wrap up, is there anything else that you would love to share with, uh, with the listeners that we have, that you haven't shared before and you think is like, you still need to address as a kind of a main takeaway perhaps? Mm. Well, I, th I think, um, the most important thing, and, and it sounds trivial in the sense that we all know it, but this is about really feeling it, is that you really only have one life, at least here on this earthly plane for now, and spending it in a cage doesn't seem to be very worthwhile to me. Thank you. <laughs> I think that one was very clear and obvious, right? <laughs> Nothing else needs to be more addressed. So that's a great answer, Maria. Um, so please let us know what are the best places that you know people can find you and, and, and your work, uh, perhaps on Instagram, on LinkedIn. Let us know your website, and then I'll drop it mm -hmm. in, the, in the comments below. Okay, so uh, Instagram for sure, at Muriel Marie. My website is murielmarie.com as well. I have a blog where I post every week on, you know, the struggles of um, creatives and entrepreneurs to get unstuck and what they can do to get there. Um, and I, of course, I'm also on LinkedIn, Muriel Marie as well. And I'm always open to messages, to people having comments, ideas. So I love conversations. So please just come and, and have one with me. All right. Well, Maria, thank you so much for doing this. I absolutely really enjoyed this interview and I encourage everyone as well to, you know, to follow uh, Maria's work. Please do that. She's absolutely amazing. And once again, yeah, thank you so much for your insight and for this wonderful conversation that we ju mm. just had. So Thank you thank so you. much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank All you. Right. Thank you so much for listening to this super inspiring conversation with Maria Marie. I really hope that it brings you the insights you need to take the next step on your journey, however small or big that next step is, as long as you take inspired action forward. So if you really enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you share this with a friend, a colleague or somebody that you think could be inspired and energized by this episode as well. Of course, you can do that by simply sharing the link of this episode or you could share my website, dreambuilders.com podcast. Don't forget to click the subscribe button right now on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And it would, of course, be awesome if you could leave a review as well about the part that you enjoyed the most. That would really, really help me. So once again, thank you all so much for listening and I see you back soon.